Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Rocking around the bone mystery. Have a happy Hanukkah. Everyone's dancing with their tibias in the holiday skeleton way. (laughs) (laughs) We're desperate. We're we're so tired. (laughs) In olden days, our glimpse of femur was only for morbid dreamers, but you're not alone. Thank you. Bone Nanza. Thank you. Bone Nanza. Count it. Bone Nanza. Thank you. We're having a bonanza. Bonanza. Thank you. Thank you. Count it. Count it. Bonanza. 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 Hello and welcome to Anything Bones. I'm Sophie Mysterious Passage Schwartz. And I'm Caitlin Unlucky 13 Heart. And this is the podcast where we talk about bones and also bones and bone-related topics. And every now and again, we talk about bones. I think that it's in the title of our show because we talk about them so much. Mm, I would say so. It's the it's the whole SEO thing. But this episode is more bone-packed than a normal episode because we are bringing to you our 13th Bonanza. Do what you will with that. I will. (laughs) We're coming to you live on this, the 13th Bonanza in the Anything Bones podcast. And I couldn't be more excited to be here with you. Yeah, I love a Bonanza. I don't think we do them often enough. I am so filled with gas and excitement, which is how I show my excitement. You're bursting. I'm I'm literally bursting with bone-related excitement. But the topic of this week's Bonanza is some recent or recent-ish finds. Exactly. Things that happened uh, pretty recently, like 2022 or like 2021. <laughs> Or even 2020 if you're nasty. I think it's okay if it's in 2020. That feels recent because time is not a thing. Well, you know, some people believe that time is a flat circle. I believe that time is like a series of vertebrae stacked on top of each other. And your soul is the spinal cord. (laughs) And 2020 is a punch in the face. Mm. But these could be archaeological finds. These could be solved cases. These could be new theories. Things that have been brought to the bony world in recent times. Yeah, I feel like we drew some inspiration from this, uh, from the Stuff You Missed in History class, ladies. They always do like a year-end review, which I love and recommend. This is not really that, but it's inspired by that. Exactly. Their unearthed episodes are fantastic. Like, they're just they're just this, but, uh, you know, 10,000 times more finds. We're just going to bring you, I think, six bone-tastic yes. stories, but highly recommend the unearthed episode uh, for people who are 
particularly horny for archaeology like me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to talk about some crime. <laughs> Shocker. Caitlin, did you do something you want to tell the court about? Yeah, I'm, I'm coming to you live from a prison cell. Oh, uh, they Caitlin. let me have my mic in here. I did commit a crime. This is your it one was phone espionage. call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is my one phone call. Well, our dads are probably listening, so they could probably help you out legally. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's going to be okay. Just call dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so my sources for my first story were investigationdiscovery.com and the New York Post. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about the murder of Christopher Hervey. Um, and this took place in Santa Ana. Ever heard of it? Santa Ana, California? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this does have connection to the recent past, but first I have to take you back to 1996. Mm, a slightly Just less recent me. past. Yeah. Stay with me. So on January 4th, 1996, around three o'clock, police are called to the Santa Ana apartment of Christopher Hervey and his girlfriend, Jade Benning. They're both 22. Mm. Police come in and they it, it's kind of unclear from the sources if Hervey is dead when they arrive on scene or if he dies later in the hospital. But he has been uh, stabbed multiple times. And Jade Benning, the girlfriend, claims to police that a black man forced his way into the apartment and then the intruder and her boyfriend, Christopher, like fought with each other. And then the man stabbed Christopher multiple times and then like fled. Ooh. That's the story. So neighbors tell police that they heard an argument for about 15 minutes in the couple's apartment uh, that, you know, that night or that evening. But <laughs> Jade Benning is really like, she gives only general statements about the attack like she she gives them all the facts but she doesn't seem to like have a lot of detail to provide which is strange i mean as we know as we've talked about it's like you some people will shut down in the face of trauma but she just seemed a little bit off uh, apparently whatever the case may be the case goes cold it, before it even gets going, really. It doesn't seem like they ever find a suspect to arrest. But in January 2020, the Santa Ana Police Department receives an anonymous letter oh. that implicates Benning in her boyfriend Christopher Hervey's murder. Uh-oh. What's it going to be? <laughs> and this letter, which... None of my sources know who sent this letter. We have no idea who sent this letter. Damn. But because it was sent, they started doing new, like, DNA testing. They started actually investigating her. And wouldn't you know, May 2022, near her home in Austin, Texas, Jade Benning was taken into custody by police after a crazy in long investigation, forensic testing. So... Since January 2020, they got the letter. Now, May 2022, she has been arrested. She's going to be extradited. She probably already is extradited back to California. And she's going to be held on a bail of $1 million. Wow. That's a great way to open a case back up. Yep. Anonymous letter. 
and no one knows who sent it. I'm like, I know some criminals like will purposefully insert themselves in the investigation, but I I don't know why you would send a letter to police implicating yourself, you know? I mean, maybe she felt guilty. Maybe. Who knows? Obviously, she's been arrested. She has not been convicted. So this is all allegedly. Yeah. She moved to Vegas in 2001 and then moved to Austin, Texas uh, later. And that's where she was arrested in 2020. I don't know if that detail means anything, but she's kind of hopped around. And yeah, that's the story. With new DNA testing, they have made an arrest in this cold case from 1996 in California. We love to see it. We love to see old cases getting renewed fervor behind getting justice for those victims. Yep, that's the best. I mean, it'd be the best if the crime hadn't been committed in the first place, but this is this is pretty good. Well, yeah, barring a time machine, DNA testing, it almost, you know, brings the case back to life. It almost is like a little bit of a time machine because it can mm-hmm. take you to that place in time. It can show you who was there 30 years after it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never give up. Yeah, never give up. That's what I learned from this. Hmm. Bonanza! <laughs> bonanza indeed! Positive vibes on the Bonanza. And speaking of positive vibes, you and I are always looking for hot new methods of burial. Sure. That's that's something we love. We love an aquamation. We love a human composting. We love a uh, a pyre out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Legally, of course. But I think I found a new hot burial method that, of course, is from ancient times. Oh, but we're bringing it back? I am, maybe. <laughs> cool. Oh. <laughs> we are. You're involved in this now. Yeah, my name's on it. Shit. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the 40 burials that date between the 3rd and 6th century AD that were found on the island of Corsica. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I see. I see. Very cool. I thought for some reason, I thought I think you set this up as kind of a like, I thought you were going to say a new method of like burying people. (laughs) Well, this is an especially interesting archaeological find because many of these remains were buried in what's called amphora, which are giant like terracotta vases slash jugs okay so we are talking people buried in giant jars yeah cool it's very cool okay it's very cool and anybody who says it isn't can just leave yeah i would hope they'd already be gone so in spring of 2019 Researchers for the French National Institute for Preventative (laughs) Archaeological Research, or INRAP, and we'll talk, we'll actually talk about them a little bit later as well. They found evidence of ancient tombs on the island of Corsica. And they, of course, 
It doesn't say this in the source, but of course, they started doing this in 2019. It was paused for some time and then resumed in 2021. So we can make some assumptions about uh, why activity on that site was halted for a while. Yeah, everybody was inside. Everybody was inside, couldn't get out to do that digging. Yeah. But in 2021, when they resumed digging at this archaeological site, archaeologists discovered this. It's a necropolis, basically, that has around 40 burials that date between the 3rd and 6th century AD. So Damn. Old bones. Yeah. (laughs) So they uncovered ceramic fragments and bones, many of which were inside of these amphora that I was talking about, which were these uh, big clay jars, which were used for transporting wine and olive oil. And apparently something else. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, this is very interesting because it gives us a bit of a look into the daily lives of people living on the island at this time, because, you know, it tells, you know, these amphora tell us a little bit about, you know, the fact that they had wine and olive oil to enjoy in their daily lives and to bury their dead inside of. Yeah, when they've used up all the olive oil. (laughs) But the ancient community that lived on this island actually had several different methods of burying their dead that were pretty interesting. There were some tombs that were cut directly into rock and others were made using terracotta materials and Roman tiles and little like roofing tiles as well. Oh, which I think is really interesting because it to me, it says, well, we're using what we have. Maybe they had extra tiles. Maybe they were made especially for this. But it's interesting that the materials that they would use to build the home were also used to bury people. Yeah, it seems like they were uh, resourceful. Incredibly. And these uh, remains that we're talking about were scattered between two different sites. And there were several instances of adults being buried in this uh, amphora manner. So something that's interesting about this is that in many cultures around the world, we have seen babies or infants buried in jars. But this is one of the only instances we've seen of adults being buried in jars. Yeah. And was it like This is going to sound weird, maybe, but was it like one person per jar or were there ever two people or? I am not entirely sure. I couldn't find that information Mm -hmm. from a lot of from some of the sources. It sounded like it was like one person per jar. Some sort of would make sense. It's like a coffin. Yeah, exactly. Some sources made it kind of sound like they were in like sets So it was like one person, two jars. Whoa. Yeah. That blew my mind. I mean, this whole thing is blowing my mind. Yeah, true. (laughs) So these amphora, these giant jars were likely made by African craftspeople. Between the 4th and 7th century AD, uh, Corsica imported amphora containing wine and olive oil and brine from Carthage, which is now uh, Tunisia. Okay. 
So is uh, is this in France, did you say? The island of Corsica, I think, is a Mediterranean island, but I think it was it's under French control. Sure. Either now or it was. Yeah. All of these skeletons that were found inside of these amphora, they weren't found with any grave goods or like markers of any sort to the graves. So I think that that's very interesting. Yeah. That's... I wonder, is it, and they, huh, is it like criminals? I don't know. What? We don't know because not all adults were buried this way. Yeah. So like what separates them from the others? Like one day they were just like, well, we're out of olive oil, so (laughs) let's use these for a while. I don't know. They they probably didn't, but. (laughs) Out of olive oil and out of coffins. So. Yeah out of luck not really we've we can we can combine (laughs) well it's just interesting because we're really not sure who these people are because there were several different groups of people you know in Corsica there are settled there's a settled town near where these graves were found but you know before that it was occupied by smugglers and fishermen and before that it was occupied by the romans and before that who knows so you know we're not sure which group of people these remains belong to but they are keen to continue their research and find out yeah i'm i want to know i know the whole thing is a bit of an archaeological mystery my sources for this were an article from Life Science and the Smithsonian. Bonanza? Bonanza. Very good. Very good, comrade. Very good. Okay. So my next one is also a crime. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I will... Uh, I, I did find this upcoming story and the previous one from an article in InvestigationDiscovery.com that was... 13 true crime cases that were solved in 2022. And that was by Alexa Rockwell. And I'm going to link that in the show notes because it was there were a lot of really interesting cases. These were just two that like struck me. So my sources were another article from Investigation Discovery and then the Washington Post. So again, got to go back to the crime and then we can get to the solving. (laughs) So in September 1992, Lori Houts, she's a 25-year-old computer engineer, and she unfortunately was found uh, murdered in her car in Mountain View, California, just outside her like office. She was strangled with a nylon rope, which was still with her body when they found her. Pretty much right away, the prime suspect was identified as Lori's boyfriend's roommate. His name is John Kevin Woodward. And what the fuck? He has three names like so many serial killers. Yeah, I wonder what that is about. I know that there is... Cover this at some time, but I know that there has been people who have looked into why Wayne is such a popular serial killer name. Mm, interesting. So police did find Woodward's fingerprints on the outside of her car at the time of the crime, so in in ninety two, and it seemed as though his possible motive was some kind of jealousy involved with. Uh, Lori and her boyfriend. John was the boyfriend's roommate. 
and the sort both sources were kind of unclear whether Lori was the target or of the affection or if the roommate was the target of the affection. Either way, it seems to me like he was just a jealous, nasty piece of shit. Oh, so we're not sure if he was in love with the girlfriend or the boyfriend? My sources differed. It it doesn't really say. But both motives kind of make sense. Like, because to I mean, this is speculating, obviously, but yeah. like he could be like, if I can't have you, no one can on one hand. Or he can be like, if you're out of the way, I can have your boyfriend all to myself. Yeah, I mean, so I can fuck, see yeah. either. So Woodward is uh, charged in the 90s, but he always denies the allegations. He goes to trial twice for the murder. What? And the jury never reaches a unanimous verdict. How does he go to trial twice for it? Well, because if you if there's a mistrial, yeah, they can retry them. It's only if they get acquitted of a crime, they can't be uh put on trial for it again i believe yeah double jeopardy and all that so because two trials had been unsuccessful a judge like dismissed the case because of insufficient evidence and so nothing happened woodward was not guilty or innocent and motherfucker just up and moved to the netherlands don't let him move to the netherlands come on he sure did he did No Netherlands for you. The Netherlands is beautiful and the people are nice. But, but this summer, this last summer, July 2022, Santa Clara County prosecutors announced that they have additional evidence needed to bring the case against Woodward for the third time. Well, you know what they say about the third time. It's the charm, right? Hell yeah. Let's get him. (laughs) So allegedly they have linked uh, Woodward to the rope that was found on Lori's body. They also have found a bunch of latent fingerprints that were taken back in the 90s, but then were reexamined now and may have revealed more fingerprints like inside the car. Because at first, all they could find were prints on the outside of the car where the defense was like, well, that could have happened anytime. Hmm. Yeah, because all... All they have to do, the defense, is poke holes in the story of the prosecution. So, like, if they can find the smallest amount of fault, they can weasel in in that, you know, without a, uh, what is it, without reasonable Reasonable doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I also, that's like, that's what lawyers are supposed to do. That's what they're hired for, you know. That's their job. They They have fingers specially made for hole poking. (laughs) But I can also see that it's like if the fingerprints are only on the outside of the car, like my fingerprints are probably on a car that I like accidentally fell into on a walk or something, you know, like, yeah, or like if prints on the outside of a car don't necessarily mean like he murdered her, but he's very suspicious. And that's why he went to trial twice. So after this new evidence is found, an, a warrant is issued for his arrest. And I guess they arrest him at JFK International Airport in New York. And then just like in my last story, they're going to extradite him to uh, California to stand trial because he is still an American citizen. Listen here, all you people who did murders in the 90s. 
we're fucking coming for you. Even if you Mm -hmm. move to the Netherlands, your ass is not safe. It doesn't fucking matter. Santa Clara County District Attorney Jeff Rosen said, quote, I want Miss Hout's family and friends to know that we never gave up on her. Neither time nor distance will stop us from finding out the truth and seeking justice. Damn, that's so powerful. I know I had to say that one. And of course, once again, this is allegedly because he hasn't been convicted. But if he is convicted, he will probably go to jail for the rest of his life. If he is convicted and if he was the one who did the crime, he would deserve that. Exactly. So the victim, Lori Ann Houts, her family issued a statement recently. So this summer. Quote, Lori Ann Houts was a beloved family member and friend to many. Although she was only five feet tall, she had a huge heart and her humor and spunk were endearing to all. The way Lori lived and treated people was a stunning example of what was right in the world. She was a gem to so many, but her bright life was taken from us at the age of 25. We are hopeful that justice can finally be served for Lori and incredibly appreciative of the law enforcement agencies who have never given up on her. Hmm. Again, like these cases that get solved, you know, you can't imagine the hopelessness of these investigations of having to bring someone to trial twice. Mm-hmm. And her poor family, they, what they must have gone through. Exactly. In both of those trials and then to wait all this time and then now he's rearrested. And it's not even over yet. No, it's not over. There's going to be another trial. I didn't write it down or like I didn't save it, but there was a quote in one of my sources from one of the family members who was like, yeah, it's I'm I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, yeah, it's awesome, but it's still not going to bring her back. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing you can like, you know, I feel like true crime podcasts and like people who are enthusiastic about this stuff tout justice as this like be all end all like if there's a conviction there's justice and then that closes the book but like these these matters are never closed this stuff is like you know these people there's no end to their grief but right but you know i hope some small solace can come from from this yeah from finally allegedly (laughs) fucking hopefully getting a conviction so that this asshole can go away be in prison for the rest of his stupid life and her family yeah exactly can get some kind of some measure of peace knowing that he's not roaming the streets in the netherlands yeah exactly it's also like a matter of public safety Mm -hmm. that's my second bonanza bonanza Is it time for an ad break? I believe so. The skeleton is knocking at my window and he's waving a bunch of money, but he says it's not for me because we don't get paid. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, fuck you, skeleton. Listen to an ad about a cute, nice podcast on the network. Goodbye. Goodbye. Everybody knows that true crime can be a real buzz killer. So why not pair it with a nice glass of wine? Join us, Macy and Nicole, the hosts of Buzzkillers, a true crime podcast, as we drink our way through new bottles of wine every week while navigating true crime cases, conspiracy theories, and even some spooky haunts. The deep dives are kept light with banter and personal tales, and even the occasional boozy hiccup. 
Listeners are encouraged to grab a drink of any kind and tune in every Sunday as we tell the tales of the wicked that plague this world. Buzzkillers can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you like to listen. Check out our website, www.buzzkillerspodcast.com, for more information. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Stop jingling your jar of coins at me, skeleton. It's just degrading. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, guy. Yeah. I took one of his ribs, so. Love that. We're getting paid for this episode. One rib. (laughs) Break it in half. Who's, it's a wishbone now. I don't know. Aww. Well, it's time to talk about it. It's time to talk about it. It's time to talk about it. I've wanted to talk about it. You've wanted to talk about it. We've all wanted to fucking talk about it. It's time to talk about the sarcophagus they found under Notre Dame. Yeah, it is time for that. Please check your phone. Oh, there it is. It's so creepy. It's very creepy. Is there supposed to be like a face or like what's happening at the top? We'll cover why it's in this condition. It looks bizarre. It does. It truly does. But for those of you not in the know, archaeologists in France found a sarcophagus underneath the floor of Notre Dame. Goddamn. I actually, I feel like I saw this headline, but I didn't really dig into it. So I'm excited. Yeah, I, I've been very, I've been watching this thing like a hawk. Let me get uh, my sources off real quick here. We have an article from CNN, an article from artnews.com, Business Insider, and the Smithsonian. Like I said, they found this sarcophagus underneath the floor of Notre Dame, right? And what was basically happening was, if you'll recall, there was a big fire that happened in on the Cathedral of Notre Dame in 2019. Yeah, Right before COVID, I feel like. Yeah, well, at least the cathedral didn't have to see COVID. (laughs) Lucky. (laughs) Lucky son of a bitch. But it is very sad because the fire did destroy a large amount of the roof of the cathedral and, you know so much damage to the inside. One smart thing they did after the fire was that they called in archaeologists to make sure that there was nothing like damaged, you know, that no further damage was going to come to the cathedral, especially when they were going to put up scaffolding to rebuild the roof. So they're Mm -hmm. like, this is where you can put scaffolding. This has old shit in it. Don't build over here. If you can help it. <laughs> so when the roof collapsed, it, I think, broke like part of the floor oh, of the cathedral. God. I guess that makes sense. And so when the archaeologists were working in the cathedral, they found this lead human shaped sarcophagus in this hole in the floor. <laughs> and if the fire hadn't happened, would we have found this shit? You know, probably not. Not for a very much long time, you know, in the future. Yeah. When something else destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So it was buried below the cathedral's central nave, 
and it was between some old brick pipes of like some 1800s heating system that was like it's not in use but it was just still down there (laughs) sure but it was super effective You know, but the interesting thing is that the sarcophagus was found amid a couple of other tombs down there. This excavation site is underneath a layer that dates from the 18th century, but lower layers go back as far as the 14th, and there's even some from the, like, 13th century down there as well. Damn. So we're talking... You know, people were building underneath this cathedral or on this site since, like, the 11th century. That's quite a lot of history just packed on top of each other. Yeah, it's got a lot of layers, like ogres. And like a cake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they excavated this sarcophagus, and archaeologists are like, wow, this is in really good condition. There are some holes... And it has buckled underneath the weight of this debris. Um, So that's what you're seeing at the top there, is that it's like buckled and dented at the top. I see. Damn fire. But it remains sealed. It is intact. That's, That's a good sarcophagus. That's a good sarcophagus. Whoever made that sarcophagus is patting themselves on the back. They're in hell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, you did one thing in your life right, and it's this fucking sarcophagus. (laughs) Everything else you did in your life was garbage, dog, dookie nonsense. (laughs) This is the devil talking. Yeah. Yeah. So researchers decided to, before, you know, with something like this, you don't always want to open it. You know, (laughs) fair. (laughs) Maybe run some tests before you crack that bitch open. Well, you just uh, you have no idea what's inside. Right. And like you and I, I want to crack that thing open so badly. Right. Well, it looks thick. Like, how are you going to know? Like, are you going to x-ray it? Like, what the fuck are they going to do? Well, they they inserted an endoscopic camera inside of it. Okay, yes. And what they saw was part of a skull, a kind of pillow of leaves, and then uh, some bits of fabric, and then several other kind of like burial goods type objects. So like, it's preserved very well in there. That lead coffin did its job. (laughs) And Christopher Benzier, who is an expert from... France's National Archaeological Institute, we talked about them earlier, says that the lying on the plants, the like pillow of leaves, is significant because it was, quote, a well-known phenomenon when religious leaders were buried. So we can kind of extrapolate from that that this was probably a pretty important person. Yeah, it must be. And if they're like under the... I don't know. Like, it seems like they have a place of reverence, even though they're under the floor. No, this isn't. Yeah, this is not a very, this is not a random place to bury someone. Sure. Although, what if it was? (laughs) Oops. (laughs) (laughs) 
So like we said, we can extrapolate that this was probably like a religious dignitary, probably from around the 14th century. They're going to do DNA tests on this person to see if they can figure out who they are in any, you know, way, shape or form. But what Dominic Garcia, also of the French France's National Archaeological Institute, says that they plan to treat these remains like human remains. She says, quote, A sarcophagus containing a human body is not an archaeological object. These are human remains, and while examining the sarcophagus and analyzing the body and other objects inside, we must do so with respect. Yes, we love that. Yeah, I like to hear that because that was once a person. (laughs) Yeah, just because they were alive in the 14th century doesn't mean you should just be like, meh, whatever. (laughs) I appreciate having some respect for the dead. Yes. And of course, uh, like most, if not all of my stories, research on this is ongoing. So hopefully in the future, I can give you a Notre Dame sarcophagus update. I will wait for it with bated breath. (laughs) And uh, that is the sarcophagus. But I do have one closing question for you. Okay. Every time we see one of these things, these sarcophagus that pop up in odd places, people say that it's cursed. What do you think? Well, it did. This this sarcophagus did get discovered because of a fire that really fucked shit up in Notre Dame. And then COVID. <laughs> so. So the, ju- the jury's out on that for me. But we didn't take a little sneaky sneak peek into it until yeah. 2021. So. Okay. Okay. I mean, but maybe the spirit was just mad by the fire. I mean, if someone set fire <laughs> to my house, I'd be so pissed. Yeah, it's like, and then they had to wait while everybody was just fucking off in their houses. Yeah. They were like, what (laughs) is going on? Somebody tell me. Let me me out. Let me out. Look at my leaves. Look at my leaves. Look at my dent. (laughs) They figure out who I am. I cannot rest. Yeah. Yeah, it's cursed. It's definitely cursed. But I would like to find a hidden sarcophagus. That would be dope. I mean, depends where. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Like on an archaeological dig? Fantastic. In my basement? Bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) At a museum? Wonderful. At my mom's house? Problematic. (laughs) All right. So for my final... Bonanza tale. I am taking you somewhere else entirely. Fuck yeah, we've spent too much time in France. Let's go hop on uh, over. Nope, take under. We'll take the channel because we are going to the UK and we are going to the UK's quote unquote dinosaur capital. Oh yes, yes, the dino bones. So my sources for this were two articles from a CNN.com. So we're going to the Isle of Wight. Oh, it's W-I-G-H-T. I I would assume that or wicked. No, no. White. (laughs) There's no C. (laughs) And apparently dinosaurs were going fucking nuts back in the day on the Isle of Wight, because there have been so many discoveries at this place over the years that it's just mind boggling. What what have they found? Well, most recently, 
they have uncovered two previously unknown types of predatory dinosaurs called spinosaurids. And these are, they have crocodile-like skulls that help them, like, hunt prey in the water and on land. Fuck, nowhere is safe. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Shit. So I need to look into this more because CNN set like has all these quotes from who they call fossil collectors and they like work in tandem with the museum it seems like so i kind of feel like you can just like walk out onto the somewhere in the isle of white and like possibly just find dinosaur bones and if you're willing to like be on the right side of like history or whatever you just like share the information that you get that's what it I seems mean, like to me ne- can neither confirm nor deny but well I, I mean didn't we just have norris on who was fucking around in mongolia and just like found some dinosaur yeah. bones and we're like i mean d- and yeah, did the right thing yes exactly so apparently it can happen and it can happen in england <laughs> <laughs> Which is the nutsest part about this story because yeah, you're you know like, what, what England loves to do. <laughs> what? Not the right thing around artifacts. Oh, yeah. Because of the British Museum. The British Museum, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never forget the British Museum is the world's largest collection of stolen objects. Yeah. It was, it was I, I went in there though and was like, oh, I didn't I know. know that at the time, but now I know. I went to school right by it that one semester I was in London. I I, I couldn't ignore it. I mean, the place is sick as hell. I've been as well. (laughs) So these fossil collectors found pieces of two different skulls. And they, I guess, another team from the island's Dinosaur Isle Museum, which, uh, sorry, we have to go to. Yes, please. They found tailbones on the beach, and that went all the way back to the early Cretaceous period, which was 125 million years ago. I hope I'm saying that right. Cretaceous? I'm pretty sure you are. I sure hope so. Let me know if I didn't. I'll apologize later. So these, all the fossils that have been collected and that the team from the museum found are going to be on display at the Dinosaur Isle Museum. One of the fossil collectors, Brian Foster, said, quote, This is the rarest and most exciting find I've made in over 30 years of fossil collecting. Oh, shit. And this was uh, in a statement from the University of Southampton. Um, So it seems to me like these fossil collectors just like if they have a good relationship with the university and with the museums they can just kind of do their thing is what it seems like to me i could be wrong i mean it seems like the people that they're talking about are are in it for the science yes exactly like i I would assume there has to be some kind of credentials like i i who knows though this is probably a pretty big place so if you just kind of show up with a brush and a a good attitude (laughs) (laughs) So another fossil collector was quoted. uh, His name is Jeremy Lockwood. This was from the same statement from the University of Southampton. Quote, we realized after the two snouts were found that this would be something rare and unusual. Then it just got more and more amazing as several collectors found and donated other parts of this enormous jigsaw to the museum. Wow, that's wonderful. I love that they're like working together and it's like, oh, wait, you have a piece that fits with my piece like yeah you can read between the lines that there's some like mutual respect and like this is a relationship that's been built over time oh that's so cool yeah so these 
two new spinosaurids. I'm just going to quote because this, this is beautiful literature. They paint, quote, a more diverse picture of the predators roaming the UK during the early Cretaceous period. So the first one of these dinosaurs, the Spinosaurids, I'm going to try and say it. it's a probably Latin name first, and then I'll tell you what it means. Ceratoshuhops inferodios. That means a uh, horned crocodile faced hell heron. Uh, yes, please. That's that's my guy right there. I mean, I love that guy. That's my guy. But also, <laughs> like, thank God for that comment. Like, yeah. I do not want that thing chasing me. No, no. A hell heron? Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm out. I'm out forever. Sorry. <laughs> you. I'm sorry. You said land and sea? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm growing wings because yeah. the air is... Yeah, take to the skies. Take that's to the, the only skies. place that's safe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a heron is a type of bird. That's what I thought. Don't tell me it's got wings, too. I don't think it has wings, but it's uh, it has a lot of, like, heron-like qualities, apparently. Okay. I don't know, CNN. Help me, help me figure this one out. Maybe I should have figured this out before recording. But we're talking out loud. This is podcasting live. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the second Spinosaurid has a slightly less exciting name, but still pretty good. Ripa Vovinator. No. <laughs> you got this. You got this. Ripa Rovinator. <laughs> Milneray, aka Milner's Riverbank Hunter. And I guess this is because of a British paleontologist, Angela Milner, who died in August of, I assume, 2022. So both of these spinosaurids were probably about 29 and a half feet long. What? Mm-hmm. That's so big. Their skulls were approximately 3.2 feet long. That's, that's the skull. That's so big. Very large. One of the articles in CNN said that it would probably be bigger than a double-decker bus. Oh, my God. Like, imagine that running towards you. Well, you know, it doesn't even have to kill me because I would have a heart attack just seeing it. Yeah, exactly. So apparently these spinosaurid fossils are not just like they're not unique to England by any means. They've been uncovered all around the world. But these new finds suggest that they may have evolved in Europe before migrating to other areas, which is really interesting. Oh, Europe's starting trouble again. Yes. So Europe. 125 million years ago was a great place to be. Oh, it hell had yeah. two giant crocodile dinosaurs fighting each other on the regular. Oh my god. I mean, well, get me yeah. some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> but it had like a balmy climate, kind of like in the Mediterranean. There were uh, forest fires, meaning there was a forest. And I guess some of the remnants of burnt wood can be visible in the cliffs of the island. I guess it was a great environment for these spinosaurids and other dinosaurs, fish, sharks, crocodiles, like you name it. 
I'm going to end with a quote about these monsters. Oh, my God. Uh, quote, they seem to be heron-like in their habits, so they would be wading in shallow water and taking fish and other swimming things like small turtles and young crocodiles and doing the same on land, going after baby dinosaurs and mammals. They would have been able to strike down hard and fast, just as herons do. So it would be a quick snap down on something relatively small. Well, good to know it'd be over quickly. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. You probably don't need to worry about these dinosaurs. They are definitely extinct, but uh, I hope you're scared. Uh, I, you have me sufficiently thankful for their demise. And I want to go to this museum, Dinosaur Isle Museum, real, real bad. Me too. We have to get ourselves to a dinosaur museum of some sort. Immediately. Because I feel like we got to talk more dinos on this podcast. Yeah, there's been a lack of dinosaurs lately. Uh, well, gotta fix that. <laughs> All right. I'm not talking about dinosaurs for the very last bonanza, unfortunately, but I am talking about something extremely exciting. So tight. Sorry. I know what it is. Just tell me. Well, let me just say sources really quickly. Science Times, CNN, Science Alert, and Wikipedia. So this is this is the big one, folks. Triple, double, quadruple bonanza. Alert, alert. <laughs> alert. Breaking bone news. Yes. They think that it is very possible that they have found the site of Cleopatra's tomb. Yes. Now, oh, I'm so excited to hear about this because I've only seen TikToks about it. <laughs> it has been definitely rocking the archaeological world because, you know, I, I don't think we can reiterate like how important of a find this would be because they haven't found it yet. Right. It it's it's in the early stages, but it's possible. Yes, no one is putting the horse no one is putting the chariot before the horse here. But what has been found is extremely interesting and extremely promising. Let's get into it. Please. So for a little background, Cleopatra the 7th was a queen of the Ptolematic Kingdom of Egypt from 51 to 30 BC. And she had a wonderful husband uh, slash Roman general, Mark Anthony, who did travel to Beef City in her arms. In yep. Famously. <laughs> famously in 30 BC. And Cleopatra then, of course, joined him voluntarily. It is rumored with the bite of an asp, she ended her own life. And of course, this story is incredibly pervasive through modern literature, probably know about Cleopatra or have seen depictions of her even if you didn't realize it. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor played her famously in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, one big thing, there are these, you know, iconic historical legends like Cleopatra, like Attila the Hun and Alexander the Great, we don't know where they're buried. And that kind of makes them all the more interesting, I feel like. Exactly, exactly. But it adds a level of like mythic, almost like mythic quality to them, even though they were real people, because, you know, no one's found their body in almost it makes them seem like they were characters rather than people. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. But 
archaeologists have found a tunnel that was carved through rock beneath the ancient Taposisris Magna Temple in Egypt, which they think could very possibly lead to Cleopatra's tomb. God, I hope it does. Me too, me too. And you know who else really hopes that? Everyone. Everyone, but especially Kathleen Martinez, who is an archaeologist from the University of San, of San Domingo. And she has been looking for the tomb of Cleopatra since 2004. Oh, yeah, she's invested. Oh, she's on board. Her and her team found a... Um, 4,281 foot long tunnel that is located about 43 feet underground. That's so bonkers. The pyramids are crazy. The pyramids are crazy. What the Egyptians were able to do, and this is, you're having the correct reaction because even like the Egyptian like ministry for tourism is like, this is, quote, an engineering miracle. How? How did they do this? I don't fucking know. Like, lots of determination. Big shovels. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have cranes. Like, what was happening down there? Well, it's like, you know, we just don't know. Eventually, hopefully, they find out how it was constructed. I would love to know. Just as much as I want to know where Cleopatra is buried. Exactly. And this excavation has revealed many fascinating and important things already. It revealed a huge religious center with three sanctuaries, a sacred lake. It revealed a lake. How do you have a lake under a pyramid? I mean, this isn't under a pyramid. This is under a temple. But like... How do you have a lake under a temple? You know, again, an engineering miracle. They found over 1,500 objects, busts, statues, gold pieces, and a big collection of coins that have Alexander the Great and Queen Cleopatra on them. That's a pretty good find. It's a pretty good find, and it's pretty telling. Yeah. But one of the things that I was most shocked about hearing about was that there's a complex of tunnels that lead to the Mediterranean Sea. For what? <laughs> I we mean, that's awesome. Know. But let's like, what is going on? We don't know. We don't know. What were they doing in Egypt back then? Did a bunch of cool shit. I don't understand. I mean, this is kind of, and there, you know, with this, there's probably going to be a lot of underwater structures probably atlantis you laugh you laugh but underwater cities are a thing yeah i mean underwater ruins is what i'm talking about yeah yeah we don't believe in mermaids necessarily do we i mean we've debunked a lot of mermaids on here yeah true so yeah Minnie, will you please relax mom's almost done so like i said Martinez has been working on this at this site since 2005, and she has a quote about how she feels about Cleopatra. She says, quote, my perseverance cannot be confused with obsession. I admire Cleopatra as a historical character. She was a victim of propaganda by the Romans aiming to distort her image. 
which I think is very interesting. And she goes on to say, quote, she was an educated woman, probably the first one who studied formally at the museum in Alexandria, the center of culture in her time. She's a badass. She is. She was smart. She was sexy. She was like civically minded. She was very powerful politically. And to find her tomb would be insane. <laughs> well, yeah. Do, do they and you can cut this out if they don't know. Yeah. Do they think Mark Anthony is going to be with her? Have they like they haven't found him either, have they? He has not been found, but Martinez, the main archaeologist on this project who's been working there, oh, I'm sorry, since 2004, says that there are a bunch of clues that kind of lead us to believe that it may be both Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. That would be pretty tight. It would be pretty tight. Some of the clues are kind of as follows. So this is this is a temple of Osiris that they are supposedly maybe buried under. And it's on Egypt's northern coast where the Nile meets the Mediterranean. So this temple slash religious complex, Tapo Cyrus Magna, was founded around 280 BCE by Ptolemy II, who is the son of Alexander the Great. So she is technically related to Alexander the Great. And this temple, uh, archaeologists believe, was dedicated to the god Osiris and his queen, Isis. Mm-hmm. In Cleopatra's time, Cleopatra was sort of known amongst her people and kind of as her title as having a strong association with the goddess Isis. And... Like we just talked about, they found in the tomb these coins that have Cleopatra and Alexander the Great on them. So that points to, you know, the temple's dedication to the specific gods that are Isis being Cleopatra, Osiris being Mark Anthony. It's all kind of, one can see where the lines are connecting. Yeah. God, I wonder if she designed her burial site before she died well martinez actually thinks that it's possible that she chose this spot herself after the death of mark anthony oh so she didn't uh kill herself right away after he died it's it's possible yeah who knows who knows we don't know we're speculating yeah because there are about 20 other temples in this area but none of them have these underground structures like this one does yeah i mean if she is as extra as i think this is gonna be her tomb exactly and the more we get to know about this temple the more it sort of points to her because they have been excavating in and around this site for the past 15 plus years martinez and her team have been excavating here and you know among other things that they have found they have found mummies with golden tongues they found a cemetery with many mummies facing this temple that we're talking about oh my god martinez thinks that these are a sign that a royal burial is nearby all these mummies facing in one direction seems significant like it's gotta mean something Like I said, they found mummies in and around this site. 
there are technically burial shafts within this temple. You know, they haven't found hers yet, but it's very possible. Totally. And they can't go too fast with the excavations, I would assume. It's like very delicate work. You, you, I would assume that if you work too quickly, you could cause like a cave-in or something. So it's not like this is going to be like snap, crackle, pop, we're done. Oh, definitely. And, you know, like I've been stressing, this is all the culm, you know, archaeology is like this, where this find is the culmination of the last 15 years of work, mm-hmm. but this is the beginning of the next 15 years of yeah, work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, this is, you know, I I think Martinez said, you know, this is the start of a whole new journey for her. It's a tunnel full of possibilities, baby. Mm, love it. Love to see it. So, like I said, these this tunnel that they found is incredibly promising. And the next stage will be to explore where these tunnels lead towards the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Because, you know, between 320 and 1303 CE, there were a bunch of earthquakes that hit the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and caused parts of the temple to collapse and fall into the sea. And Mm -hmm. So what they have to go do is do excavations of those fallen structures to see if perhaps the tomb is over there. Who knows? Who knows? You know, whether or not this is Cleopatra's tomb or this leads us to Cleopatra's tomb, we've already found many significant artifacts through this excavation. So it's a win either way. Yeah. We love we love it no matter what, but it would be super awesome if y'all could find Cleopatra for us. This would be the biggest archaeological find of the century. Like the last time we had something like this in Egyptology was Tutankhamun, you know? Yeah. So everyone is on pins and needles trying to find this tomb but like Caitlin said they have to go carefully they have to consider the safety of the archaeologists and the safety of the artifacts themselves and any possible remains that would be mm-hmm. there oh my god can you even imagine hopefully we get a Cleopatra update at some point in the future as well oh yeah I will record on the fucking spot if they find it <laughs> screaming the whole time. Yeah, my microphone will be blown the fuck out because <laughs> I will be so excited. <laughs> I sent Caitlin a TikTok about this like a couple days ago, maybe. And then when we were deciding topics last night, she's like, you're doing Cleopatra. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, this is a non question. <laughs> well, thank you for making sure it would be on the show. Yeah, yeah. Got good looking out. Our listeners needed to know if they haven't seen the headlines. It's so exciting. It would be, you know, it could change so much of our understanding of that period of, of Egypt's history and like so much about our understanding of her. Because like I said, she's shrouded in so much myth and legend that like, you know, if we could find the person, what could we find out? Yeah, what could we learn from her remains? Exactly. In a respectful way. Exactly. But also, like, I don't know, if I was dead for thousands and thousands of years, I would love if someone dug me up and found out all about me. Well, yeah, this tomb is extra. Like, she wanted people in there. 
well, she's leaving clues left, right, and center. <laughs> she's like an eccentric old man that's like, to get my will, you have to solve my riddles. <laughs> she's like the original of that. But like, I get hiding. I get her hiding her tomb so uh, ferociously. Yeah, she probably didn't want it to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen with so many contentious political leaders, you know, bitch didn't want to get thrown down a well. Yeah, fair. All right. That is the end of my Bonanza topic and the end of our Bonanza show. Bonanza number 13. Bonanza. Oh. The Bonanza is a teen now. It's so... It's so different. moody. <laughs> yeah, this was a moody episode. The Bonanza has body odor. <laughs> the Bonanza has started asking me questions I don't feel comfortable answering. <laughs> well, everybody, you know, take it easy out there. It's it's December. So, you know, bundle up. It's snow. It snowed like crazy in Seattle yesterday. So uh, watch out for ice. Yes, please drive carefully, everybody. Everybody. We love you so much. Have a wonderful day. And of course, Bone Voyage. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anything Bones. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Anything Bones Podcast or email us at anythingbonespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Nick Kruger for our spooky music and Stephen Vetteroff at Chubby Scrubby on Twitter for our jazzy vocals. And thank you to Camilla Franklin at Camilla Strader on Instagram for our beautiful bony artwork. Please rate, review, and subscribe. That darn skeleton. He's always rubbing it in my face. He's like, you don't get paid to do this. You're not yeah. a professional. I'm like, fuck yeah, you, skeleton. Yeah, Why yeah. don't you fucking get bent, skeleton? <laughs>